Welcome to another episode of Strictly Business, the podcast in which we talk with some of the brightest minds working in media today. I'm your host, Andrew Wallenstein. Construction is currently underway in Los Angeles on Hollywood Park, a nearly 300-acre complex that will be the site of the city's NFL team's SoFi Stadium. But this isn't just another development project. What my next guest oversees is a $10 billion build poised at the cutting edge of live entertainment. I spoke with Jason Gannon, Managing Director of the Los Angeles Sports and Entertainment District, earlier this month on stage at Variety's annual Innovate Summit. A number of jaw-dropping stats I want to share. Uh, Let's start with, this is a, correct me if I'm wrong, 300-acre complex that is three and a half times the size of Disneyland. That's right, yeah. So Does that not tell you everything (laughs) right there? It's pretty incredible in terms of size and scope, and I think as we'll talk about here today, I think that's what makes it so unique, uh, certainly in a city as special like, uh, as Los Angeles. And of course, I think one of the main reasons uh, that we're going to have this massive complex is to be a home to our two Los Angeles football teams, both the Chargers and the Rams. That's kind of the centerpiece, right? That's right, yeah. So that's as you think about a development, that's our, that's our main anchor is uh, the SoFi Stadium, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more today about the entire development, but certainly having uh, two NFL teams uh, playing there uh, at least 20 events a year uh, between those two teams and really the brand of the NFL, which is so par- powerful uh, in today's uh, entertainment world. How far into this project are you guys? You're, what, about seven, eight months away from unveiling this to the city? Sure, yeah. So we have... Uh, Right at about seven months, our first event is Taylor Swift, two concerts in July 25th and 26th. Uh, you know, the project itself is about 85% complete. So if we think about whenever we broke ground uh, back in, uh, in late 2016, uh, and really uh, as we stare at the building today, uh, kind of the renderings that we've been looking at so long, uh, and to see it to come to life here uh, in Los Angeles is incredibly exciting, and the building itself Uh, As beautiful as the renderings are, uh, it looks just as special uh, in real life. So Stan Kroenke is behind this, right? What is his vision, uh, and what do you bring to the table in terms of executing that? Yeah, no, you know, that's the one thing, you know, Andy, that we talk about from a project perspective, really is Stan Kroenke and his uh, his vision for this project, which is to build a, uh, here in Los Angeles, which is uh, a global entertainment destination, but building and delivering uh, the very best sports entertainment destination within the entertainment capital of the world, Los Angeles. And uh, for those, you know, Stan Kroenke, uh, his, his core competency, uh, really real estate development, but also uh, sports and entertainment with the various teams and media companies that he owns. And so as you look at this project, uh, the 300 acres, the, you know, the, the live entertainment venues, the retail, the residential, the office, the hotel, Really, from a development perspective, this is uh, a confluence of, of his core competencies, which is the sports and entertainment component uh, and then real estate development, which as we think about how people go about experiencing their lives today and going to events, certainly the experiences that are sought out uh, are so important whenever you create a, uh, a destination like uh, Hollywood Park and SoFi Stadium. And, and that's all because of Stan Kroenke and his vision. Well. Is there a need for this here in L.A.? What, what, what do we know about this market that says that such a massive complex is something that's going to be used year-round? Sure. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, you think about, really, the use of this building 
uh, people see a 70,000 square foot, or excuse me, a 70,000 seat stadium, uh, and they think to themselves, well, we already have a couple of those in the area. Uh, I think there's, there's so much about this building that is truly unique. Um, you know, other venues uh, in the area that are in terms of scale, uh, from a capacity standpoint, are going on 100 years old. So you think about uh, the evolution of live entertainment and sports and how that has influenced how buildings are designed and people go about experiencing uh, these buildings. I think you look at this building and it truly fulfills uh, a, a sports entertainment hole in the marketplace that's uh, unlike any other venue. And, uh, you know, I think the dynamic nature of the building itself in terms of, of going from uh, a 70,000-seat uh, NFL event uh, all the way up to 100,000 seats whenever you include temporary seating in Stanley Room only, uh, certainly a very dynamic uh, type of a venue. But then you talk about some of the other venues uh, inside of that roof structure. You'll, you'll know, some of you may know, uh, the building itself is about two and a half uh, miles from, uh, from LAX Airport, uh, great proximity from a global perspective, uh, the development itself, but really the ability to attract uh, incredible types of events there. And the venues themselves, if, if you look at uh, the roof structure that is being uh, erected out there today, there are actually three separate venues that we'll talk a little bit about today uh, underneath that one roof. There's the stadium I just referred to, uh, and then getting into the dynamic nature of the building itself, we also have a 6,000-seat performance venue, uh, all that's under that same uh, roof itself. And then we have a two-and-a-half-acre American Airlines Plaza, uh, all under that one roof. So to your, your question, ultimately, about uh, the, the, the venue itself, it's more than just a 70,000-square-foot stadium. Uh, it includes the other venues, the 6,000-seat performing arts venue, the performance venue, the two-and-a-half-acre plaza uh, here uh, at Hollywood Park that I think is incredibly dynamic and, and more than just 20 NFL events. Well, but if NFL is sort of the centerpiece here, I got to ask, I feel like every day there's headlines suggesting that whether it's the Chargers, or the Rams may not necessarily be here for the long haul. There seems yeah. to be some uncertainty about their future. What does that mean for your complex? Well, I, you know, I, I look, Andy, you know, we focus on, from our perspective, developing the project. Uh, very fortunate to have two NFL teams uh, in the marketplace, as both teams go about building their fan base in the marketplace, this the city of Los Angeles hasn't had uh, an NFL team in over 20 years, and so to have two teams come back uh, is really exciting. And, and certainly, both teams are are working through building their fan base. But you look at the NFL in general. So we think about having 20 NFL events. Uh, you know, we go back and we look at uh, you know to date for the 2019 season, uh, the NFL has had over 170 million viewers uh, to date in terms of, of their viewership during the season. Uh, 46 of, of the top 50 programs uh, since September uh, on television have been NFL games. And so you think about just in terms of uh, the relevancy in the marketplace, the NFL brand and having that uh, and our development, uh, 20, at least 20 dates a year is incredibly impactful for us and, and something that we certainly program around and think about every day. And you've got, let's see, the 2022 Super Bowl. 2028 Olympics. You mentioned sure. Taylor Swift will be kicking things off in July. Uh, that's a lot. Yeah. And what I'm actually wondering is what kind of impact is this kind of territory, this massive 300 acres, going to have in terms of things like traffic, sure. neighborhoods that might be impacted? Yeah. Uh, you know, are you guys able to sort of fit in without controversy? Yeah, that's, and it's the number one question. We have a uh, a great sales team uh, that's out uh, talking about the project every day. And the number one question we get from 
from, you know, it's almost the number one question every time is, tell me about what my experience is going to be like getting to the venue, parking, ingress, egress. Uh, once I get there and park, how do I get in, into the venue? You know, it's something that we, that we think about every day. Uh, and it's really important for us uh, as we think about not only the, the customers and, and the fans that are coming to the site, but also how we are impacting those that live there in the community. Uh, and so while we focus on getting people in and out, obviously minimizing the impact of the community is very important to us. Uh, so making sure that I think communication is so big for us as, we, as we're out in the community talking to the local residents in terms of what it's going to look like whenever the Taylor Swift comes in, in July of, uh, of, of this year and how those community, uh, the communities will be within Inglewood will be impacted uh, is really important to us. And then we also focus certainly on job creation, which the, the positive economic impacts. Uh, you look at the project today, uh, and we talked a little bit about where we are in terms of 85% complete. Uh, you know, we've, we have over 3,300 workers on site every day. Uh, today we've had over 12,000 workers step foot on the project since late, uh, 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 late 2016. It's like you're a city within a city. It is a city within a city, that's right. And, you know, fortunately we've had over $25 million worth of our payroll to date have gone to local Inglewood residents. Over $60 million worth of contracts have gone to Inglewood businesses. So certainly uh, during the construction period, and there's so much more in terms of just the stadium, we're building a lot of other components that will have a similar type of impact in the community. But once the building turns on, we'll have over 6,000 employees working events. And so focusing on not only minimizing the impact of traffic uh, and also being an amenity and a place for people in the community to go, but also you know, hiring the local employees is really important for us. Another interesting thing I learned about the stadium is because of your proximity to the airport, you've actually built the stadium to be, is it 100 feet underground? That's right. Yeah, so that's right. So uh, for those of you that know, uh, about two and a half half miles uh, just to the east of LAX Airport, uh, which is great for us in terms of talking about uh, this site specifically from a global level, right? People who who fly into Los Angeles, uh, regardless of where they go, whether it's downtown or Century City, uh, this is something that's on their radar whenever they're on approach. And a lot of people talk. Uh, a lot of people ask questions and there's pictures. So certainly having uh, that proximity to the airport is great visibility. Uh, but also, uh, certainly there are site-specific conditions like being underneath a flight path that uh, were important for us to keep in mind. And so one of the things we did, we dug down 100 feet into the ground uh, in our excavation, which actually created some really tremendous opportunities within the building itself uh, to create really special spaces uh, and, and one of the unique things about this building is on the north, south, east, and west of the building, uh, because we dug down 100 feet in the ground, and you think about things in Los Angeles, like being indoor-outdoor, embedded objects, influences here in Los Angeles. One of the things that we thought originally was a bit of a challenge from a, a, an excavation perspective really uh, turned into uh, something that we embraced from uh, a fan experience perspective and building large canyons that actually were on each side of, of the building itself, allowing people to come in and, and into the venue itself in these large canyons uh, that, were, uh, that we were able to do that because we had to excavate down 100 feet in the ground. And so what we thought originally was a bit of a challenge uh, actually turned out to be a really great uh, asset for us from a fan experience perspective. And, and I've read that this stadium cost about $5 billion, which is about twice as much as any other stadium and that the entire complex beyond the stadium is double that $5 billion. I mean, are these numbers uh, you know, in the ballpark, I, yeah. shall we say? So those are, those are the publicly reported numbers. We certainly don't get into uh, 
don't get into those details. I would point out, I think it's important whenever you start talking about cost, um, you know, you talk about the economic impact that we mentioned earlier. Um, but I think, you know, certainly from a privately financed perspective, I think that's also really important as you start talking about cost. Uh, understanding that Stan Kroenke is developing this and, and financing this and, and taking on that risk, right, that you think of from a development perspective. And that vision that he originally had, you know, you think that we all sit here today, 85% complete, thinking about the Taylor Swift concert. Uh, but, you know, what it was like in 2015 and 2016, thinking about the thought of, of going about and, and privately funding this, this development uh, and certainly, you know, having uh, Stan Kroenke and his vision and competency as a developer uh, was so important in order to accomplish uh, the task. So scale is obviously a big part of the story here, but also just the beginning because I think technology has been uh, a big differentiator in terms of your approach. I mean, did you guys, let's start with Wi-Fi, for instance, which is a big frustration for me, just about any you know stadium or park I go yeah. to. How are you going to ensure that... 70,000 people are going to be checking their phones at once and, and it's going to just, you know, swim uh, through the broadband pipes. Yeah, no, that's, um, that gets right to the heart of fan experience in today's world, right? You, those 170 million viewers that are interested in the NFL, you want them to, uh, to you know, to bring uh, that viewership actually into the stadium, right? And, and experience the NFL not only in person but on their mobile device while they're there in the building, which is so important as you think about how the evolution of the experience uh, from a fan perspective has been throughout the years. And so whenever we look at capacity, uh, you know, we designed the building and actually are uh, in the process of, of actually installing uh, a, wi- a Wi-Fi and a, a digital antenna system, a DAS system that's over three times the amount from a capacity perspective as any other stadium uh, right now uh, in the industry. So. Uh, that was really important for us as we thought about making sure that we're, that we're going above and beyond in terms of, of capacity and the Wi-Fi and DAS perspective uh, because it it's a directly uh, impacts fan experience. And how are you guys approaching video displays? It feels like uh, in the newer stadiums I've seen some really big, bold yeah. bets. I assume you guys are doing something similar. Yeah, you know, Andy, we have uh, in the bowl itself, so you think about our building is uh, from a signage perspective – is an all-digital building. So uh, it can go from a, uh, a Rams game to a Charger game to a Taylor Swift concert, all on the flip of a switch. So you think about other venues uh, here in the marketplace who have multiple teams where they're turning pictures around and they're taking stock out of, of their retail. In our building, we actually have uh, the ability to, to quickly transfer uh, from one game to the next, but also allows you to dynamically program those sorts of video boards for really uh, fan-tailored experiences as they navigate throughout the building. That was really important for us in terms of the building itself. Then you look at the bowl. I mean, we have over 90,000 square feet of LED 4K screen LED uh, digital displays inside the bowl. And the centerpiece of that is a 70,000 square foot dual-sided video board. Uh, It's about 40 feet high on the sides, and it's a a circular Oculus uh, that actually is dual-sided, so you can see the video uh, on the outside of the board, and it hangs down inside uh, of the seating bowl itself, Uh, and you can see the inside of the board, you can see the outside of the board, depending on where you are in the bowl. Uh, One of the things that was important to us is you think about center-hung video boards in the industry. Uh, Most people that sit down low don't necessarily like to engage a center-hung video board. And so what we designed here uh, is a 70,000-square-foot board that actually would engage 100% of the seating bowl, 100% of the seating bowl. 
So whenever you're sitting down low, you can actually engage, engage the inside of the far board, which from a fan experience perspective, you're actually being able to, to engage with 100% of the seating bowl, which was, which was incredibly important for us. From a scale and context perspective, there's a 70,000-square-foot video board. There's an additional 20,000 square feet of LED display uh, located throughout the bowl. So really thinking about not only having those digital signs in the concourses and going from the one concert to a Rams game to a Charger game, but also creating really a digitally immersive experience once you get inside the bowl. For us, the video board itself is, uh, you know, is over two times the amount of LED display as, as kind of the next most current uh, largest board uh, in the NFL. So uh, certainly in terms of thinking about fan experience, that dynamic nature, all the things that you all think about in terms of entertainment and seeking out that experience, uh, we've thought about and we've programmed here uh, at SoFi Stadium. Sounds ambitious. Um, that said, uh, you know, certainly they're going to be looking at the screens in their pockets a lot as well. Yeah. Are you guys thinking about mobile apps in terms of how they can be a part of the SoFi Hollywood Park experience? Yeah, you know, we, uh, we think about certainly creating a, a, a digital customer experience, right? So how do people go about navigating uh, the park through their mobile device? Uh, so we think about certainly people are spending more and more time on their mobile devices, really being that the primary, uh, the primary point for, for, for fans uh, to really navigate the site. So by that, it's how are they getting their ticket? How are they going about actually not only getting to the site itself, but how the mobile device, the Hollywood Park, the SoFi Stadium mobile device, which will have fully built out and, and really guiding people through their digital customer journey uh, through their mobile device. It will actually lead people not only to their specific parking spot or parking lot uh, once they get to Hollywood Park, but also into the building, how they navigate the building. Uh, this building itself is over 3 million square feet. That's, that's the largest building in the NFL. So it's certainly as dynamic as it is and the digital displays in the building. It's really important that once people get inside, they're able to, to navigate the building in a really a way that's it's a friendly way, it's a very comfortable way, and really driving that experience through the mobile device. Again, having the capacity that we just talked about over three times uh, what, what any other building has is so important to us. And, and then you, you start talking about wiring security and other sorts of, of, of elements into the mobile device. Uh, we think it's just going to provide the very first class and a cutting-edge experience uh, once we get to Hollywood Park and SoFi Stadium. You know, I, I've read about experiments in, in live entertainment with uh, using mobile phones, augmented reality, bringing sure. an additional layer of entertainment to the experience. Sure. Are you guys thinking along those lines? Well, we are. You know, we, uh, we have a, a really great technology group that, that, uh, in-house that uh, comes from all different areas of, of the entertainment and the live experience, uh, live entertainment uh, experience. And so uh, certainly VR, we use it right now on the sales side. So we, we get out in the marketplace and are actually able to, to take uh, the stadium from a VR perspective into the marketplace and talk about sight lines and talk about uh, experiences and talk about just that, navigating from your car to your seat on game day. It also helps us out in terms of, of talking to sponsors and what their activations will look like. Uh, and then you know, going to artists like Taylor Swift and saying, you know, here's the seating bowl, this is what the, the LED displays look like. Let's talk about programming a show that's really specific for Hollywood Park and SoFi Stadium uh, that's, that's going to be really important for us. And then from an operating perspective, it creates a tremendous amount of efficiencies. We're able to get in and really understand how, how the building will be programmed and look and feel. 
uh, before the event actually occurs. Hmm. You know, with all this mobile talk, it makes me think about 5G. Are you guys yeah. anticipating how that will impact your operations? Yeah, certainly uh, 5G in, in, in the future of, uh, of mobile. We're, we're working with uh, partners right now, uh, again, from a capacity perspective, uh, we feel really comfortable and we will have 5G uh, capability integrated into the project itself. I mean, do you feel like 5G will have a dramatic impact? I mean, the hype is, is pretty incredible about how transformative it could be. Well, we do. I mean, listen, anytime you're making that switch or that leap, uh, you, you always have to be uh, cautiously optimistic. I can tell you whether it's the capacity itself or the number of restrooms or food and beverage stands, uh, you know, we are adapting to uh, uh, the existing technology and, and making sure that we can transition uh, appropriately into the future of, of, of the mobile device and uh, the uh, digital antenna systems into the 5G world. Uh, we have to be com- uh, tremendously flexible. Are you thinking much about Internet of Things technology? And, you know, a yeah. stadium is basically like a giant bowl of touch points. Sure. So do you have that kind of technology baked into this? You know, we do. So the, the interesting thing, uh, again, kind of just touching on a little bit of the, uh, the actual uh, the operation efficiencies, right, in terms of the food and beverage program and understanding, you know, efficiencies and hot dogs and hamburgers and popcorn and, and those sorts of elements and making sure that you're getting the right information to actually deliver the food in an efficient manner, buy the right amount of food. I mean, all those things. In real time. Are, in real time. And all those things certainly uh, are being done in a lot of venues, but we think about how to do it better uh, today than, than, you know, perhaps the next person. The one thing that we also look from a digital fan experience is really understanding and customizing the experience for the consumer, right? And, and, and being able to interact uh, and know that the third quarter a fan likes to, to order a hot dog and being able to talk to that fan at the beginning of the third quarter and say, would you like your hot dog? Things like that that are really important uh, that, that really allow and, and, and drive a better fan experience uh, that, that we work on every day. And then certainly whenever you start talking about the entire 300 acres. So, again, we you know, talked a little bit earlier about the size of the 300-acre development. Um, we have over 13 million square feet on the project. The stadium itself is over 3 million square feet. So we have a lot of, of non-stadium-type uses to develop over the next you know, several years. And how Internet of Things is able to drive you know, footfall and traffic and really integrate the entire 300 acres not only on an event day, but also throughout the entire year is so important for us and really drives our thoughtfulness in programming. I was struck by what you were saying, though, about sort of, you know, anticipating a fan's uh, hunger for a hot dog in the third quarter. Is there going to be a lot of data capture going on uh, of these fans? Are you going to sort of know them in this customized way because that's a pretty revolutionary notion. I don't think yeah. stadiums were talking like this five years ago. Well, certainly, I mean, we're, we're, very, uh, we're very sensitive, first and foremost, to privacy and those sorts of things that are very important in today's world. Um, our, what we're really uh, focused on is being able to make sure that, again, we're being able to provide that experience um, that ultimately is what the, the experience that the fan wants, right, that they're asking for and they're seeking out. Um, and then truly we're able to deliver on that. So, I mean, we, we, it's, it's, it is revolutionary, um, but, again, it's, it's about where, where the live entertainment experience is going, and, uh, and we have great people on the project that are thinking about that every day. Speaking broadly, looking at the live entertainment landscape, I'm curious, as, as you guys designed SoFi and Hollywood Park, did you look broadly and 
note trends that were like, okay, we, we want to zag to this zig. We could do better than this. Like, what, 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 what is sort of the state of live entertainment that guided you towards the decisions you've made? Well, I'd say, you know, it's, it's, it's um, and really this is at a macro level, it's how people are spending their time, right? So you think about, um, and again, kind of the core competency of, of really our organization getting back to retail development. You think about the trends in the retail industry now, uh, you know, transitioning into more experiential type retail, which is so important. And, and you know, we've even outside of Hollywood Park uh, been thoughtful on how we've transitioned our spaces into more experiential type environments. And so, what you'll find at Hollywood Park, not only the stadium itself and the fan experience, and really the cutting edge fan experience that we'll deliver there, but you think about those other experiences throughout the project. The retail, creating experiential type retail, is so important to us. Place where people actually want to go and spend time even if they don't necessarily want to shop. Uh, in our retail, we'll have a basketball court. We'll have uh, morning areas and great places just to go and relax and be a part of. We'll have experience-type tenants. We talk about eSports. We talk about location-based gaming and entertainment. All of those things will, will flow through in, in our retail design. Uh, and in addition to that, you look at uh, having NFL media. So uh, for those of you who may know, NFL media uh, currently has existing offices here in the Los Angeles area, and they're relocating uh, not only uh, their office, but uh, also their 365-day-a-year studio use will be, uh, will be relocated to Hollywood Park. So think about kind of the Today Show, all of their digital content creation uh, being, being done live and created uh, from Hollywood Park. So again, as you think about experiences, uh, a Today Show-type environment where you can come and see the demo field and actually interact with the talent see them broadcasting live, that for us is creating really memorable experiences that, that everyone, for the most part, is seeking out today in terms of, of, of these types of developments. Do you anticipate other tenants besides the NFL will become part of Hollywood Park? Certainly. I mean, we, we, are, we are working every day on a development plan. Again, over 13 million square feet of, of entitlements. We, uh, you know, the office use certainly in Los Angeles, we have uh, a meaningful aggregation of land at Hollywood Park, all entitled uh, for large contemporary type office space to be built uh, that we feel really, really positive about. Uh, and then this, your retail tenants and, uh, are important, and then we'll have a residential component. So uh, we'll have over, in our first phase, we'll have over 300 for rent uh, apartments long-term, up to 2,500 units uh, at the site uh, at Hollywood Park. One last question. Let's go back to Stan Kroenke. I'm curious, how patient is he going to be with <laughs> this? Is it going to require being an overnight success, or he's in it for the long haul and he'll be patient? Well, I think, listen, I think, you know, Stan Kroenke and his vision to li- deliver this building. I mean, this building uh, was not something that, you know, he thought of overnight, certainly uh, as he uh, went about designing the project. Um, as a real estate developer, you know nothing just happens overnight. Projects, uh, good projects generally, it takes time, a lot of thought, uh, and a lot of hard work in order to deliver. And it's not uh, necessarily delivering uh, whenever you cut the ribbon, but it's delivering uh, year over year, that really is what's going to make Hollywood Park such a success. And certainly Stan Kroenke and the risks that he took and the vision that he has uh, will be the, the, the reason that Hollywood Park is a, is a success in SoFi Stadium. Well, wish you best of luck as you guys head into the home stretch on the construction front. Looking forward to seeing the stadium in person. Thanks for coming in, Jason. Great. Thanks, Andy. 
This has been another episode of Strictly Business. Tune in next week for another helping of scintillating conversation with media movers and shakers. And please make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear future episodes. Also, leave a review in Apple Podcasts. Let us know how we're doing. 